Hello and welcome back to the In Squash podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Gibson, and this is episode 232 with none other than the Jet, Dimitri Steinman, two-time Swiss national champion, and uh, he's just come off, actually, a victory in his first round at the U.S. Open over the informed Shah Jahan Khan, another uh, young player who's coming up uh, quite uh, well lately. Shah Jahan been playing uh, very good squash and been having some good results in close match uh, results against the very best in the game so that's a big win for Dimitri in his first round match and we have a really good chat uh, today Uh, we talk about several different topics Uh, firstly uh, we talk about uh, his relationship uh, working with his two coaches that he has uh, Rob Owen his main coach and also he's been working with Rodney Martin as well and incidentally, uh, I haven't been able to get the, the Paul McCartney and Wings song, Jet, out of my head ever since we've done this interview, ever since we completed the interview about uh, four or five days ago. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, Dimitri was a fantastic guest. And interestingly, uh, both his parents are former Olympic athletes, and we talk a little bit uh, about that. Uh, we talk about developing his squash as a young uh, uh, junior in Switzerland, uh, again, working with Robin Rodney. Uh, his successes uh, at the beginning of this season. We also get into what winning his second Swiss national championship means to him, uh, what the difference is uh, obviously between the first and the second. The first being, of course, uh, I think for anybody uh, who's had the opportunity to win more than one major tournament, uh, I would say the first time you win it, uh, and that's been my experience talking to several people on the podcast, the first one is always the sweetest, but uh, they don't get any less sweet, and uh, Dimitri and I talk a fair bit about that. And also, uh, I'm not sure if many of you are aware, but uh, Dimitri has a budding acting career and and a movie production career uh, going on at the moment. And uh, he's just produced uh, the remake of Top Gun 1 with a bit of a squash twist. And we'll be talking about that and also also his uh, Miami Vice uh, video that he's uh, just uh, put out as well, uh, where he uh, portrays the character of Crockett. And uh, uh, that's really fun stuff that he's put together with a few of his friends uh, and uh, that stuff uh, you can see on his Instagram I believe but anyways we'll be getting into that as well so it's the Swiss jet Dimitri Steinman on episode 232 but before before uh, we get into episode 232 I want to just say a few words about our sponsor Open Squash Uh, they already have a thriving community squash center in the heart of Manhattan with hundreds of members and where over 20% of its members are on some kind of income based discount and Open Squash has already signed leases to build and operate two more community squash centers in New York City over the next couple of years, after which it will have 23 courts and counting. Pre-sales and marketing for those facilities will start in the coming months with some income-based discounts. So listeners in New York City, please watch out for more information, and you'll likely hear more about that on the podcast. And indeed, uh, we will, because uh, the passionate director of exec. Uh, passionate executive director of Open Squash, Cleve Miller, will appear here on this very podcast in, I'd say, less than two weeks. And he can tell us more about this and a lot more about Open Squash and its incredible vision and what it's doing to grow the game. And also, Open Squash has developed uh, close relationships with some of the top leaders in the squash world who share Open Squash's mission. Mike Way, the incredibly successful coach at Harvard, is the senior your advisor to Open Squash and visits Open Squash regularly to host camps and clinics when he can. Open Squash also uh, sponsors like-minded PSA pros like Ali Farag, Gina Kennedy, Nathan Lake, Victor Quint, and Haley Mendez, who are all committed to the Open Squash vision. So stay tuned for the upcoming pod with Cleve Miller. And now it's episode 232 with the Jet, Dimitri Steinman. Well, Dimitri, uh, thanks a lot for having, uh, uh, for taking the time out for this. Um, uh, now, just wanted to say uh, congratulations on uh, winning your third uh, Swiss, na- Swiss uh, national uh, title. Um, it's my second, actually. It's not it's your, the third it's one. Your second, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought it was three, but uh, two. Uh, probably going to be a few more down the road, but. Uh, too and how how did it feel uh uh how differently was the the second uh, from the first um well 
from like an emotional standpoint of view, I think nothing beats your first national title. Um, so definitely not a, it was, wasn't as big also because Nikki didn't play in this year's event. So it wasn't as big of a, um, sporting success, I would say, but still like, uh, it's nice to be national champion for another year. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy with uh, winning it, of course. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, you mentioned uh, Nikki. Uh, it went from uh, from the Swiss rocket to the to the jet. So uh, that that's uh, sort of a nice. Uh, the baton has been uh, handed over from the rocket to the jet. Um, but uh, what? Uh, just wondering. Uh, I mean, he's won at least ten, right? I think he sits on thirteen or fourteen. Yeah. Thirteen, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm sure a few of those were were uh, easier than others, right? So I'm sure you take any, uh, you know, every uh, every win is a win, anyways. Yeah, exactly. No, of course. Yeah, a win is a win. Um, I I mean, the last I think three or. Four of his titles were against me, so okay. <laughs> I kind of had to go through a learning process first uh, by losing a couple. But uh, <clears throat> yeah, and no, I was uh, yeah. I, I, th- I mean, that's always with tournaments. If you win them for more than one time, actually, um, or more than once, you end up having having this conversation of which one was was tougher which one was better which one is more worth to you personally it's um i i think yeah it's difficult to pick really yeah but like you said uh, i guess there's no uh the first one's probably uh without a doubt the uh, the most special uh yes which, yeah. yeah not yeah yeah, for sure. Uh, now you played your friend, uh, I think, uh, uh, in the final. Your friend Yannick Wilhelm um, could be yes. pronouncing his his last name. But uh, now, uh, for those of us, uh, I mean, obviously, uh, many people do know Yannick. <laughs> many people may not know what he's like as a player. So, uh, give us a little uh, background on Yannick and and what his game is like, and uh, and uh, how he's coming through now uh, as a, as a player. Uh, so Yannick is, uh, he plays also for the Grasshopper Club. Uh, he's uh, number two in the team behind me. So, and as you said, we're, we're close friends. Um, he's, he's the sort of player, he's, he's very tall. He's, I think, like 6'3 or almost 6'4. Okay. Um, he's, he's a good ball striker. He moves the ball around well. Um, just sometimes he lacks that little bit of extra intensity at in crucial times where he crumbles under pressure a little bit. Um, but as a player, he's uh, definitely on the upwards trajectory. And uh, yeah, no, there's certainly much more to come from him in the future, I'm sure. Yeah, I guess a guy that tall, I mean, you, you, uh, you know, if he can manage to sort of get some intensity, uh, uh, throughout uh, his, his matches, I guess he's going to be pretty uh, a pretty difficult guy to beat, especially if he's a good ball striker, uh, like you say. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, you look at someone like Mustafa Sal, who's also fairly tall. He's like six two or something, and moves amazingly and is a good ball striker. You can see why it takes you really right to the top of the game. So yeah, it's uh, it's he has he has very a very good pedigree. Um, to be to be very good, so will be interesting. Certainly, some more battles in the future for sure. That bodes well then for the for the Swiss national team. So uh, all the best uh, uh, going forward with that and with the Grasshopper Club as well. Yeah, thank um, you, thank you. Yeah, for sure. Uh, now, uh, just wanted to talk a little bit about the the Swiss Rocket. Uh, now, just uh, you know. Uh, over the years, as you mentioned, you know, you'd lost to him a few times. And I'm sure uh, even as a junior, you probably looked up to him. So what has it been, uh, been like over the years, uh, uh, you know, uh, with the Swiss rocket uh, leading the way in Switzerland uh, for you? Um, well, actually, <laughs> Nikki, Nikki was the reason why I turned pro or why I wanted to be a squash pro in the first place, actually, because I watched a match of him against Daryl Selby, I think in the first 
Grasshopper Cup uh, when they started it again at the club. I was like 13, 14 years old and um, I, I was a good junior and um, I saw that match and said, oh, geez, that's, that's something I really want to, that's something I want to do. That's something what I want to become really. So he really sparked that fire in me for, to want to become a pro squash player. Um, and yeah, obviously he's done numerous things for me, which I can't like countless really, or, or helped me along the way, um, on my professional career. Um, <clears throat> just, I mean, he <clears throat> introduced me to my team in Germany, Paderborn mm. when I was very young, um, helped me out there. I, he got me to his club when I was 18 in Switzerland. Um, so we could train together and uh, also obviously every time we travel and I'm not the most organized guy um, he, he helped me along there so it, he really is um, yeah a, a role model in many ways and um, certainly an icon in Swiss squash and yeah I'm, I'm thankful for all he's done for me really so yeah yeah, that's a great tribute uh, to a great player. And uh, you did mention, because actually that was one of the, the things I wanted to ask you about. I didn't know uh, what uh, sort of uh, connection you might have. I figured you would have one uh, with uh, Paderborn, uh, because obviously uh, Nikki and uh, Simon Rosner had, have, have been very close over the years, and and uh, Nikki played in Paderborn. So what were, what were those times like for you to play there uh, with Nikki and obviously with, uh, with Simon? Because they, you know, uh, they had some really good years together. Uh, Simon rose to uh, uh, one of the best players in the world, as did Nikki uh, during that period of time. So, what was that time like for you to to be there under uh, uh, those circumstances? I mean, it was it was very very, um, I say, um, yeah, a great experience in in a lot of ways. Basically, because I was. The first time I went up there, I was 19 and I didn't really have, um, I knew what, like how, how Nikki trained, but I didn't know how all the other professionals trained really. So especially seeing Simon, um, also, uh, his athletic coach at the time, um, training with those guys, which just really, it, it was eye opening to, to, a, to a big extent. Right. And, um, yeah, and a big honor as well. Like I was no one at the time, and they literally just said, "All right, let's play a practice match, or let's do exercise together, and or you know, just go for dinner with each other." Like, and it was just, it was so, it was to me that those were my idols. So it was, it was very, <laughs> I was very shy at the beginning, and uh, yeah, Simon also gave me a nickname, at, which I'm not gonna. Very cold now, so <laughs> for, but uh, he'll know for sure. So <laughs> yeah, um, okay, he gave you a nickname. You don't. Yeah, you'd rather not reveal. Is that what you mean? <laughs> it's an inside joke. So okay, yeah. I don't think. Uh, okay, well, I'll, also I'll have to uh, ask Simon uh, when he comes uh, comes back on the podcast to reveal that one and see if he will. Yeah, please do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so those years were what must have been amazing for you. And uh, I know uh, I, I can remember before I spoke with Simon a couple of years ago, uh, I'd been watching some of the videos, the, the YouTube stuff of them uh, training in the forest uh, and yeah. doing all sorts of uh, really unique uh, things there in Paderborn, which made, uh, I think, uh, sort of the legend of what Paderborn turned out to be. Uh, he revealed that in those videos. So did you, uh, did you experience those, uh, those sessions as well? The, the sessions in the forest, uh, yeah. training in the mountain, yeah, so, training in the, in the, uh, in the forest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like that was actually, <laughs> that was my, um, those sessions were my payback sessions to those guys because they used to, just absolutely destroy me on the squash court. But uh, when it came to like hill sprints or sprinting in general, I was just always a little bit quicker than Simon. And uh, yeah, it did <laughs> really didn't like it too much. So <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that yeah. was my way of uh, yeah paying, paying them back. But 
no, it's uh, yeah, th- those were some tough sessions. Um, definitely interesting. Um, a lot of sprints, a lot of hill sprints, um, a lot of jumps and stuff. So definitely, definitely some good training sessions, hundred percent. Oh yeah, that, that must uh, good memories for you now, no doubt. Uh, looking back on that, yeah, that time, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Now uh, you might know. Uh, I don't know if, if you know this, but uh, my most recent episode was with your stablemate Abdullah Al Tamimi, and uh, uh, we had a really good chat. And, and I was just, um, you know, he we were talking about, you know, when he got started in the squash, uh, he was sort of playing little bit of football and squash at the same time so uh when you were coming up at a at that young age uh was squash your your main sport uh growing up or did you dabble in uh, other sports as well i know i mean i'm canadian so i'm, I'm a bit of a winter sport guy myself played a little bit of hockey you know some you know tried curling once uh mm. just wondering did you play in any other uh, uh sports uh, growing up uh yeah i, I did I, until i was like 13 14 12 13 14 i did a lot of sports i was playing soccer played ice hockey uh was good at track and field fencing um yeah gymnastics a lot of stuff also like both my parents are former olympians so they yeah sport was kind of <laughs> basically in my gene pool so <laughs> or it is my gene uh, pool. that's basically. amazing what what's what sports were they uh did they play in the olympics um, my father was a modern pentathlete and my mother was a synchronized swimmer oh wow um okay. so but funnily enough actually at, at the age of 12 13 um i got selected onto the junior national team in squash and i thought all right squash must be my best sport but actually in hindsight it was I was much better in all the other sports. So <laughs> I just thought like, because on paper I was better in, in squash than all the other sports. And I said, oh, all right. So that's the way to go. So, but uh, I'm happy with that choice. I'm very, very happy. So I, and I'm glad I also made that choice because uh, that's uh, the reason why I'm here today. So yeah. yeah excellent. Yeah. And you, you've been making a uh, really good inroads of late. We'll talk about that uh, in a minute, but I was just, uh, just getting back to, uh, to Nikki uh, for a second. I, I was meaning to ask, uh, I mean, we all know uh, the type of game he played. He was very dynamic. He, he had great, uh, he was a very good shot maker. He moved around the court uh, really well. And, and that's something that you do. I, I think, uh, you, you know, obviously you're built a bit differently, but I mean, you're, you're a great mover around the court, but you also uh, hit some, some tremendous shots and, and you play uh, quite an exciting uh, brand of squash. So is that something, uh, even though, you know, you're, you're obviously you're, you're built a little bit differently than the Nikki, uh, you guys uh, sort of have a, a few similarities. Would you agree with that? That's difficult to say because Nikki and I, when we talk and stuff, we always come to the conclusion that we're completely different in every single way. <laughs> but uh, also, yeah, maybe kind of the same. Um, so this may sound a bit confusing, but that, that actually is the case. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say... <clears throat> obviously, my game has been uh, influenced by him over the years. Um, but uh, I wouldn't say that my game is built on the same sort of, certainly not in recent years, than on the same sort of fundamentals that Nikki, Nikki does, because Nikki is very unique. And I uh, sort of, yeah, learned that from a young age that trying to replicate that is not, is not what I can do. <clears throat> I have a different skill set than he does. Um, but uh, yeah, you're saying I, I, yeah, I, guess I, I have saying. some similarities. I guess, I guess what I'm saying is like you, you don't mind playing, <laughs> uh, you don't mind going for your shots. I, I can see definitely like you, you, you play a more conventional style of play and you, and uh, you know, you, you move around the court uh, very efficiently and uh, it's more of a conventional style but at the same time uh, you don't mind uh, playing going going for your shots uh. no 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 I, I still uh, I like to be proactive I like just to chase balls and stuff I like to 
be on the offensive end, but still, as you just said, more conventional than than Nicky for sure. Right on. Well, yeah, yeah that's uh, well, uh, great to to look back and uh, look back at your influences over over the years. Uh, and Nicky and obviously Paderborn have had a tremendous influence on you. Right now, you're currently, I think, in the latest weekly rankings. They're coming out every week now, so I could be off, but I think you're 40 in the world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah so yeah. you're moving back towards 30. You're, you're looking to, to break 37, which you reached in February. Uh, yes. Earlier this year. So uh, how are you feeling right now uh, about your game? I mean, it's such a an incredible time in squash right now because I look at the guys that you've played recently and you, you've had some really good wins and uh, you had some close matches against some of the top players. So you must feel, uh, you know, pretty good about yourself, even though, you know, Cleveland didn't go your way. Uh, despite that, uh, you must feel pretty good about uh, the way things are looking. Oh, yeah, I'm very, very confident. I had a great summer. I spent the whole summer in the U.S. and uh, training uh, with with Rodney Martin and Abdullah and Marwan <clears throat> up in Greenwich, where I am right now as well. Um, so I, I, I really worked hard during the summer and that definitely paid off at the beginning of the season. And uh, now it's just a question of keeping up the momentum. Like, yeah, as you just said, Cleveland didn't go my way. That was maybe just one too much. I uh, played a lot of events in those uh, first eight weeks of the season. I played six events. So, yeah, five would have probably been enough. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, now it's... Um, it's a lot of travel too, isn't it? I mean, you exactly, were in Egypt, exactly. you Switzerland, you went back there. And uh, I mean, you played, uh, you got wins over Adrian Wallers, uh, Sahid Salam, I think that yeah. James somewhere along the way. Uh, and then you had some good matches against uh, guys that are, were, were ranked well above you. So uh, then heading into Cleveland, you, you obviously had some hungry players to, to deal with there. Exactly. No, I mean, that's just, it's just, it. obviously it's not a great result, but it's just one of those, you know, that they, those matches happen. And luckily enough, it didn't happen in one of the bigger tournaments. So to me, it's like damage control, really. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, now I'm back in, uh, back in Grinch just before the US Open, getting myself ready again. And uh, yeah, I'm feeling good, feeling very good, actually. That's great. Uh, you mentioned, uh, obviously, you're in Connecticut. You're with uh, the great uh, Rod Martin. I've had the the pleasure of having uh, him on uh, this podcast a couple of times. And uh, we spoke the other day, actually, uh, the great chat uh, there on uh, Facebook. But uh, when you when you decided to uh, make the move to Connecticut, what were the reasons behind that? Because uh, I'm not sure how sort of full-time you are there, but obviously you're, you're there for quite a bit of the time. So, and that's a big move for, for a young guy to move from your homeland to, uh, to the U S. So um, what was the decision-making process behind that for you? And uh, basically uh, why did you end up deciding to do it? Although I, I can just imagine what your, you know, the, the reason for it. Um, so first of all, I, I didn't move to, to Connecticut. I, I just, when I'm here in the States, it's just um, I was lucky enough that in uh, February, actually, um, because I'm, I'm good friends with Abdullah, when we uh, after the Windy City Open, we ended up staying in Chicago for a couple of days. And uh, then uh, Abdullah invited me to, to, in April, come up for 10 days to, to Greenwich to train. And I just really liked it. Um, but in the meantime, I, I got to know Rob Owen as well. Um, so... And um, Rob became my new coach in um, March, March this year, actually. So I'm in a very privileged position of having probably the two best coaches in the world in my corner. Um, so, and uh, also the geographical advantage of, uh, yeah, when I'm here in the US, it's, I can stay here in Greenwich, um, train with Rodney. And um it's, it's easier than going back and forth all the time. So it's, it's, it's being, I'm ju it's just getting more and more and more efficient. And uh, yeah, I mean, the reason 
behind that move is very obvious. I just wanted to become a better squash player. I mean, and I think uh, there's no 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 one better than Rob Owen and Rob Martin to turn to at the moment. So yeah. I really have the Justice League assembled in my corner. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, uh, I mean, I've only uh, I've heard that uh, Rod uh, obviously he's a great coach, and his sessions can be really, really uh, tough at times. And uh, Rob Owen, obviously, uh, his uh, reputation precedes him. Uh, he has such a, a great stable of players uh, as well. So, uh, what are uh, if you can, are the what are the differences between the two of them as coaches? Obviously, they're both uh, they're both great. But uh, you know, when it comes to Rod, what are what uh, what do you get from him as compared to uh, to Rob? Mm, to me, um, both of them in their coaching, they're very very similar. Mm. They really are. Um, both of them are very intense, um, great, uh, the best feeders I've ever had um, of the ball. Like, pro- I mean, I think. Uh, Rodney even more so than Rob, but I think that's safe to say actually. So I have to be a bit careful because otherwise I'm gonna, <laughs> gonna, you gonna might you might be doing a couple of thousand port sprints uh, next time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. So I am a bit in a danger zone in this uh, in this uh, with this question, but uh, no, I mean there are slight differences, but overall it's. Uh, um, uh, they they are very similar in their coaching. That's why it works as well that both that I work with both because it wouldn't be beneficial if one of them says something opposite to the other. So there are slight think, differences. They, but... They're they're really they're kind of close as well themselves. Like they're yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's why it works. So yeah. I, I don't think there are a lot of differences actually. But, and uh, I guess uh, working in both camps as well, you've got the luxury of uh, training with uh, uh, you know the best players in the world. So uh, that's got to be uh, be fantastic as well. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, definitely. So um, yeah, you, that's the one thing I, I lack a little bit in when I'm back home because Nikki and I uh, sort of um, have a lot of different schedules, even when we're back home. And uh, we develop different training routines, so we don't train together as much as we used to. So I saw myself a bit forced to to move out of Switzerland on my own a little bit and see w- what I can do, really. So, um, yeah, no, definitely. Some of, like I mean, you can basically have sparring matches every day, which uh, which is great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's not every day that you get to to spar with the, the number one player in the world either. I would imagine. <laughs> actually, that that's funny. I never was at Rob's when Paul was there. Actually, until now, and even though I was like three, four times already over in England, yeah, um, <clears throat> I never was at the same time as Paul was. But uh, that that probably is down. Yeah, again, like the same thing as with Nikki. We just have a different schedule, I guess. So, or. Yeah, that 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 was the thing, and I spent all summer in in the US where he was in England. So, yeah, that was a bit of uh, we just missed each other until now. Right on, but you get. I mean, obviously, you've got Abdullah and uh, Marwan. Uh, and, yes, and yeah. there in uh, in is Nathan Lake uh, in with uh, Rodney uh, at all? Uh, no, 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 I haven't seen him. No, no, no. Because he used to work with uh, with Rob Owen, as I know, but uh, that was a few years ago. But uh, but yeah, that's fantastic. And uh, it, I mean, to have both of them in in your in your camp as part of your team, yeah. uh, that's got to give you a bit of a boost of confidence as well. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, you got that right. Yeah. yeah. Now, I'm Canadian, uh, Dimitri, and uh, when I look through your your results, uh, obviously a couple of things uh, stood out. You, uh, I was born in Calgary, so uh, I'm good, relatively. You know, I'm pretty good friends with Bob Ballinger, who you might know from mm. Bangkok, 
and yeah. uh, won that event, uh, I think, a couple of years back, and also the Saskatoon boast uh, prior to that. So, you know, being a Canadian uh, um, and, uh, you know, how cold it can get in uh, Saskatoon, I'm just wondering uh, how, uh, what sort of fond memories you have of Canada and what were those uh, events like for you? Um, Obviously, uh, you played well at that time. Yeah, well, I, I just... I feel very comfortable in in Canada and uh, yeah and I have very welcoming billets in uh, Saskatoon and Calgary and um, it's difficult to say I, yeah that that goes a long way already if you feel if you feel good in 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 an environment which you don't know at the beginning um that certainly is very beneficial for your confidence going into a tournament. And um, in, uh, <clears throat> in Calgary in particular, um, basically I play very well because I wasn't really, I mean, I was focused on the squash, but basically I had early matches all the time, like okay. 2 p.m. or something. And then afterwards they had three um, home games that week, the Calgary Flames. Oh, so. We basically, my billet and I, we basically, I went down, played my match, um, and then went for a hockey game, basically, (laughs) (laughs) and uh, enjoyed our time. And I don't know, it's not the usual recipe for success, but that really worked well that week. So (laughs) I was basically just going there for watching hockey and playing squash on the side, and ended up winning the tournament. So (laughs) that was that was quite quite cool actually i that's something i'll never forget actually it was a cool week yeah nhl hockey there's nothing quite like it i mean uh it's such a fast moving exciting uh, game and then you've obviously uh, uh you've got the hockey fights as well i'm not sure if there were any in, in any of the three games that you saw but that that's unique to any uh sport i think <laughs> uh yeah there weren't any in uh in those games but I watched some other games um, in Pittsburgh or Detroit, where it was a bit more more intense. Let's say, <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah I, I I like to I like going to hockey games even when I'm back home, supporting my team back home, and uh, yes, it's 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 just it's a it's always a great atmosphere. So and I like I like crowds. I like it when it's when where when there's a big vibe and stuff going on. So. Nice. Yeah, it's it's just a cool sport. Yeah, Swiss, uh, the Swiss hockey's sort of uh, really uh, taken off over the last couple of years. I think they do. You guys have done pretty well. I mean, you haven't won uh, like a June. We haven't won anything, but we've done well. You've done well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you've done well, exactly. And what's There is a pro, sort of a thriving pro hockey league, isn't there in Switzerland? Um. I'd say so. In in Europe, definitely, with the the league is one of the better ones. Um, obviously, you have KHL in Russia and but and some of the Scandinavian leagues. But I think the Swiss league is uh, is getting mm, stronger and stronger every season. Mm. And um, obviously, um, the the field is a bit bigger than uh, than in the NHL, and it's a bit slower, obviously. Um, but it's it's very exciting hockey at the same time and the funny thing is like some of my friends from school they're now playing in the top teams back home so um it's cool to see them uh, do well obviously and uh yeah no it's it's uh, yeah it is uh yeah it's good hockey it's definitely good hockey yeah, I know quite a few, uh, I think a lot of Canadians who sort of can't make it in the NHL and want to sort of keep their keep their dream alive. They end up either going over, maybe going to Switzerland, Russia, uh, Germany uh, and playing over there. There might be a few, quite a few Canadians uh, playing in, in Switzerland, I, I would imagine. Oh, yeah, definitely. There are a few, actually. Then exactly for those reasons, as you just mentioned, when they don't quite make it in the NHL they just they simply come over to Europe and uh, end up in one of our leagues and um, yeah but I wouldn't say it's like obviously it's a different level but it's not like as as big of a gap as it used to be yeah so yeah I think uh, like over the past couple of years anyways uh, 
you know, Sweden, uh, Finland. I think they've been maybe they've won a couple of world championships, uh, beating Canada and, and the mm. U.S. and Russia. So, uh, you know, uh, definitely the field is uh, sort of le- leveling out a, a little bit. Yeah, definitely, which makes it it makes a good recipe for exciting hockey. But, yes. Uh, yeah. Now, I, I wanted to ask you this, and I, uh, I might be putting you on the spot a little bit, but, uh, you know, you don't, uh, just tell me what you think. Uh, or, you know, over the past few years, you've played, you've had a few battles, I noticed, with uh, Mustafa Asal, and you've taken him to four games. I think that was before, you know, he really hit his stride, but uh, you played well against him. And uh, even most recently, the, the games were close. I think he lost three love. It might have been last year. But uh, obviously, he's uh, had some sort of a bit of controversy surrounding his movement in, in some of the tournaments. Uh, now, I, for one, uh, you know, I, I'm a fan of his, a big fan of his. But, uh, you know, some, you know, something's got maybe some people think that he needs to do something about his movement. You've played him. Uh, a few times uh, just wondering what your feelings are uh, having spent a, a reasonable amount of time uh, on court with him. Um, I mean, the thing is with, with Mustafa, like when we played in South America, as you just said, that was, he was like 17 or something. And uh, I played him three times back to back and um two times three one once three two uh none of those matches were very enjoyable um it's just yeah as you just said some some of his movements are very questionable um to a certain degree i think he knows that um it's i mean you can't be not aware that people calling you out for something over years now um so to me it's it's a bit also he maybe just doesn't care what other people think because he's that hungry to become world number one, which to a certain degree I understand as a fellow um, compatriot um uh, comp- competitor um competitor um because it's yeah that's that's what you work for really but there's limits to everything and uh, I think he needs to be very very careful of how he behaves on court in the future because mm. uh, the game's already changing um, into this direction of every like the slightest contact basically can get awarded against you um, and yeah that's I mean you've seen his squash has gotten massively better obviously um, and you don't see him do the same sort of things in the early rounds of the big tournaments even, but every time he gets pushed and he gets, uh, it gets close. He, every time you just have to check the feed on score stories. Everyone goes crazy about uh, <laughs> yeah. ref decisions and calls and stuff, you yeah. know, and that's not really what, what they should be going on about all the time. In my personal opinion, it should be about the squash. It shouldn't be about who, who manipulates the calls better in their way or whatever. Um, I don't want to make too many comments on Mustafa's personality or whatever, because I actually don't know him that well even. So I don't want to do him injustice. I just think, um, yeah, probably coming back to that hockey um, thing, if he would do some of that movement against some hockey players, he probably would stop them pretty quickly. So, <laughs> yeah, if they're if they were fighting allowed in squash, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he, yeah, yeah. he is a bit protected in that way. So yeah, yeah, yeah that's, a, that's, that's an that's, interesting that's, analogy there. Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah. So yeah. that's that's my point yeah. of view, really. Well, I mean, uh, just uh, I, I said it recently as well before. I'm uh, I'm I'm uh, I was always a I still am actually. I I love watching him play, especially in, in the earlier matches and the way he moves around the court, the way he strikes the ball. But then, as you just mentioned, and which was very evident in the, the last couple of events, uh, when, when he's pushed, uh, he kind of goes back to uh, default to his movement, right? Which is not, yeah. not great. 
And um, yeah, let's just uh, let's hope that, uh, you know, because he's such a talented player. Let's hope that he can sort that out. And uh, I just wanted to ask you because you, you've played him a few times. And yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. No, no, definitely. No, he is a he is a phenomenal ball striker and squash player, but he just lets him it lets him down all the time because that part is not getting talked about as much as his behavior, really. And that's I don't know if he wants that or whatever, because he doesn't really change it or so. Yeah, if you don't change your mistakes or learn from your mistakes, it becomes a habit, really. So, yeah, that's um, yeah so it's it's t- tough to then say yeah that's you know and he's not that young anymore i think he's like 21 22 so he's not a kid anymore right so yeah that factor is gone i think well i appreciate your your insight on that dimitri now uh, now on to something really serious here i i, I wanted to i i've noticed that uh, we have this the the top gun three is coming out very soon and uh, you, you've released uh, 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 some early footage of the film. I just, <laughs> I just saw that on, uh, on Facebook. Now, uh, my, uh, I wasn't able to get it translated exactly uh, from, I'm not, I'm not sure uh, what language it was in. But, uh, uh, Swiss German. Swiss yeah, that's German. what I thought it was, German. And <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> Uh, anyways, could you take us into uh, the backstory there? You've got uh, perhaps your one of your coaches or one of your trainers there in Switzerland uh, uh, setting the tone for uh, yeah. for some training. I guess he's supposed to be the he's supposed to be be uh, Tom Cruise, right? And you guys are his proteges, or am I mistaken? Well, well, yeah, because I'm supposed to be Tom Cruise. Okay, so this is going back in time. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So this ah, is uh, okay. from the first movie. We're reenacting this one scene right at the beginning of the movie where, uh, yeah, Maverick does this. I don't know how, how well you know the movie, but uh, oh, yeah, basically the disobeys the order. Classic. Yeah, it gets called into this, uh, into the Admiral's office office and he gets a, a proper sit down basically and uh, and um, that's what we re reenacted basically and uh, this uh, the guy you mentioned he actually he plays this admiral role um, t- telling stuff about the last season we had with uh, with the Swiss with the grasshopper team in the league and uh, told us yeah we messed up because we got second and didn't win and so and then it yeah goes over into this training montage so to yeah get us ready for for the new season so i like my pop culture i really like top guns probably my favorite movie um yeah it's uh, the, the first one or, or the second first one, one. everyone everyone says the second one is uh, amazing too i haven't seen the second one yeah second one obviously it's it's a very very good movie but to me it doesn't even come close to the first one just yeah. because it's just such a classic really so yeah it's uh yeah I, I like to do these sort of things um because i think they're funny um well, that, that was very uh, funny. Yeah. that was really good <laughs> yeah so it, it is yeah it the is acting is, entertaining is, right? uh, is oscar worthy performances as well <laughs> Well, I just said yes, sir. So <laughs> maybe getting an Oscar for yes, sir, I'll uh, I'll gladly take it. But okay. no, no, it's uh, I think that's what misses or is missing in squash a little bit. This this entertaining factor, because actually coming back to hockey, like that's what I realized when I went to the other the games. So actually, it's just it's it's people go there and it's like a two hour entertainment show. Basically, it's not all about the hockey. It's of, of course people want to be entertained as well and if you show that side as well a little bit and if if you have that side it's not a given obviously but uh if you can play with that a little bit um then you get people interested if i mean even if they think it's it's arrogant or whatever um they still they somehow get an interest into 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 the game even if they then come to the game and want to see me lose because i come they still come to the game so 
that's uh i think and that helped over the last year we already started doing something like that and uh and it got more people involved in the game so um yeah i i think it's 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 a good approach of getting uh or making squash great again <laughs> oh, that, yeah, yeah definitely well uh, i mean that that's the thing right now there's a lot of uh i think a lot of people are really working hard towards trying to grow the game and, and trying to you know get people more excited about about the game it's i mean the play the play speaks for itself there's so just watching squash is amazing but uh, if we can get more you know stuff like like you're doing getting other players out there and doing uh putting out uh footage like that and i think there are a few that that, that do that uh yeah. paul cole's pretty good at you know, putting out his uh his training stuff which is inspiring in, in its own way uh and, and i really and, and you had another video as well uh, it was something about my sort of miami vice, or something. Miami vice yeah. okay yeah, yeah. What, <laughs> what was that one uh, about a car you you they didn't uh they they didn't give you the right car and and you were you weren't uh were you supposed yeah, to be Don so, Johnson or the other guy? Yeah, no, I was supposed to be Don Johnson. Yeah, so <laughs> no, we got uh, we got this car. We got the it was a Genesis car. We got it sponsored for a trip with the team, and we thought like as a saying thank you and giving them a little bit of a showcase in an ent- entertainment entertaining sort of way. Um, that's what I remember because of Miami Vice. Um, yeah, when when Crockett loses his first Ferrari and he doesn't get one for like two months or something, he gets annoyed, and that's the exact same scene as we played out. And uh, then he gets this this uh, iconic white Ferrari Testarossa. So, um, yeah, that's what we did, really. So <laughs> again, wow, it's, it's it's funny. Wow. I think it's not uh, it's, it's it's not supposed to be uh, like I don't know glorifying myself or glorifying my acting skills i just think it's funny to do it so well I, I, uh, no it was really good i, I thought that uh, obviously you the the uh, the top gun uh, your acting skills uh, took it to you you went to another level there but uh, the, the first... <laughs> I had to, I had to actually say some text which is not easy actually you have to actually we had a few takes and some of them <laughs> some of them were absolutely shocking. So yeah, it's uh it's good though. All right. Well uh Dimitri, what what do you have uh, what's coming up? Oh well I think that's the US Open US Open, isn't it? Oh, uh, squash! I uh, I think. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Sorry, I thought we were talking oh, about. Okay. No. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll get you can reveal that uh, if you want as well. But there, you no, know, no, no, that's pressure. top secret. That's top okay. secret. Um, no, I have the U.S. Open coming up next week, or not this week actually on Saturday, mm. um, in Philadelphia, and um, playing Shah Jahan Khan there. He has. He had a very good run himself uh, yeah. <clears throat> this season. Are no, no easy first round matches, are there? Yeah, I don't need easy draws. Uh, that's, I don't need that. So, I don't want easy draws. I want, to, I don't want handouts. So, I want to earn my spot. So, absolutely, yeah. Um, then, uh, yeah. After this, I'm going back home actually uh, for a couple of days, and then I have the Grasshopper Cup coming on right after. So. Busy That's days, not, really. Steve, um, Steve Bo- right? Steve Bookley? Yes, exactly. He's putting yeah. up the tournament, yeah. Great. Right, he, he does a great job with that. Oh, yeah, definitely, 100%. No, and he's uh, representing our club, uh, the Grasshopper Club, at a level which it has never been done before in the squash, uh, squash side. And um, no, we, obviously, it's, it's, it's my home tournament. It's... Uh, to me, it's one of the most important events on the calendar. Uh, all my friends will be there, all my family, um, certainly some hockey players as well, getting the atmosphere right. going. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it will be, it will be, it will be good. So, I'm really looking forward to it. Well, Dimitri, I uh, really appreciate your time. Really enjoyed chatting with you, and uh, want to wish you all the best uh, uh, in the U.S. Open Grasshopper Cup and uh, with the next films uh, that will be released. Uh, <laughs> yeah, thanks, Harry. I really appreciate the opportunity for 
being on the show and um yeah uh, just thanks for everything yeah appreciate it well that was fantastic with dimitri there want to wish him all the best in the u.s open again he's uh, off into round two where he'll be playing uh, diego elias uh so all the best to him in that event now i just want to take a look at the draw quickly in uh, the second round uh, matchups here uh now looking at the women's side i think our in the second round anyways the match uh, to look out for there are quite a few good ones but one that sort of uh, stood out to me was the holly and Sabrina Sobey match. Uh, Holly's obviously uh, been playing extremely well, but uh, Sabrina is a bit of a banana skin, uh, but also a very, very good player herself. She might uh, not always uh, come up with the big wins like, like Holly does, but uh, she has some, some good results under her belt. So that could be a match, uh, in my estimation, that you would want to, uh, to watch out for. And then on the, uh, on the men's side, let's take a look there. Um, I'm going to take go down through this. Uh, Victor Quan versus De uh, Tarek Momin stands out to me. James Wilstrip versus Mason Hisham. Uh, we go down through there. Patrick Rooney and Marwan El Sherbagi. That could be interesting. And then we can, of course, uh, we, we can. We don't want to miss Dimitri uh, and Diego. Uh, but uh, yeah, I would say. Out of all of those matches, yeah, uh, in the second round matches, you've got uh, some good ones there. Marwan and Patrick will be great. Uh, James Wilstrip, Mason Hisham, and Tarek Moment and Victor Quinn. This is going to be a real test for Victor because he's been playing some great squash. And if he can get a win here, that would really prove to himself. Uh, I think that's what he wants. He wants a bit of self-confidence, and that's what he needs, I should say. And a win uh, against Tarek, who's... You know, former world champion, uh, perennial uh, top five uh, player. Usually he's number six seed in this tournament, but uh, that'll be a great match. And then uh, hometown favorite, obviously, Todd Harity, uh, playing against the Colombian Cannonball. So some great matches here in round two of the U.S. Open. So uh, on the women's side and on the men's, uh, on the women's, I say uh, watch out for the Sobe. Uh, Holly Naughton, Sabrina Sobey and Holly Naughton match there and everybody I just want to say thanks for listening all the best with your squash we've got a really really good episode coming up after this one uh, I don't want to jinx it yet because it hasn't been uh, we haven't firmed everything up yet but uh, it will be uh, released it will be revealed uh, very shortly uh, the next podcast episode 233 i hope you enjoyed 232 i certainly did dimitri steinman many thanks to him and again thanks to you for listening take care and we'll talk to you soon goodbye now